evening, church. I thank God for this opportunity, and I thank the senior pastors of this church for giving me this. We have the slides ready. Yeah. So we're going to talk about nutrition and balance. Uh, there are a lot of factors that affect what happens to us, but I'm focusing on nutrition tonight because of my experience, the things I went through. Uh, at the Optimum Living Foundation, our mission and vision is to make available information that's going to help people and to see that we all fulfill destiny. Next slide, please. So what we wrote there is that a lot of people think that these things just happen or these things just, you know, suddenly happen. And in fact, a lot of people, most of the time, even become afraid to, to either test for something or, you know, it's like, what's really happening here? Did you hear that this happened to this person? What could have caused that? This person was always doing this and always doing that. But these things, I've come here to tell you today that these things can be avoided. If we actively participate in, in our in day-to-day uh, day things, there are a lot of things that we can control, a lot of things that come under our influence. So if we return to nature and we observe natural laws, if we don't break natural rules, then we're going to reap the benefits also. We see in the papers from time to time, or maybe on the, on the media, a lot of people call for support, giving bank account numbers. These are terrible things that we really don't want to happen to us. But it is very possible to, to avoid all those things and to be in health. It is only God that controls how long we live. We cannot control how long we live. It is God that has control over that. But the quality of life we live in our body, our flesh, we have a lot of control over that. So a lot of people, after working so hard, especially in a place like Lagos, where you jump up 4 a.m., 5 a.m., you rush to work and come back, they save a lot of money, and then, after some time, they are now spending all this money to regain their health. At times, they lose half of what they, what they saved. At times, everything they saved. At times, they go into negative. At times, they start selling property, selling things to regain their health. This is, this, these are things that happen around us. So what I've come to share tonight is that I'm not saying that we should leave uh, orthodox medicine or something or we should follow synthetic or whatever. What I'm saying is that we need to live a type of life where we consciously engage ourselves, consciously make decisions that contribute to the quality of our health. So we are not to wait until something happens and now say, oh, I don't want to go the orthodox way. I want to go the traditional way and then I, I want to take a leaf and, and, and do a leaf like this and drink. No. Either you go orthodox or go traditional. What I'm saying today is that don't be reactive. Don't be reactive. There's a way you can live in here. Or give me the formula for this back pain. Give me the formula for, you know, uh, joint pain and things like that. No. There's a way we can live from day to day that can help us to avoid these things. We are either conscious, the previous slide please, 
We're either consciously building our health or unconsciously damaging it. There is no neutral ground and ignorance is not bliss. What I mean by this is that we cannot be productive and be destructive at the same time. So if we take little steps each day, they say a journey of a thousand miles begins with one step, little drops of water makes a mighty ocean. You start doing those things that help you. When you start doing those things consciously, you will reap the benefit. These things happen. And I will soon talk about myself when I get to, to slide six. But I'll, uh, let me just give you a little bit of background now. The next slide. So these this things, uh, these seven points I put here contains a lot. As that just before 2011, I was already 105 kg. Right now, I'm 70 kg. So I've lost more than 30 kg. There are a lot of things around this. Losing weight is not necessarily synonymous with um, good health. Not necessarily. But because of the way I was living then, I was very busy, very hardworking. Always, you know, got up today. 5 a.m., I'm in Abuja, a meeting, come back. You know, Going to several countries, several places, and I was always up. I wouldn't give myself margin. I would be up to like 2 a.m. most days. Very hard work. Um, being tired upstairs, but not being, not being exerted physically. You know, when you work on your laptop, you get tired. You get tired, you get hungry. But then, you were sitting on a desk all day, from morning till night. And maybe you were snacking and, and this and that. I never used to drink water. I didn't like water, and I would always say that water was tasteless, and I didn't want it, and I would only take sweet things. Those were the things I loved to drink. So that number one point there, water is very powerful. Water is the most valuable drink in the world. Actually, water should be the most expensive drink. I never used to drink water at all, but when I saw the light, and this is why I believe that prayers, you know, things happen. I think people were praying for me. I believe my father was praying for me. My parents were praying for me because I was about destroying myself. And they had been telling me things and I would ignore. Telling me things and I would ignore. And I became pre-diabetic. Apart from that, I had so many. I had like 20 ailments. Ulcer, I was asthmatic. I was on inhaler. I, was, I had so many things. So many things. I can't count them all here, but they, they were really many. many. Many things wrong with me then. So imagine someone treating for this, for that, for that, frequent headaches, fibro, uh, chronic fatigue syndrome. I was always tired as if I was beaten with a stick at the end of the day. And this is someone who was only sitting on the desk. I didn't carry logs of wood or something, but I would be so tired. I, would be so, I was always, as a lady, even from the secondary school, I was always having what we call dysmenorrhea, very serious menstrual pain. Another time, my dad took me to consult but now I've come to know that menstrual pain you know, is not even something that exists. It's not supposed to exist. If you feed well, it shouldn't even happen at all. And this, this is something that I was experiencing way back in high school. And I, I was taking up to 10 tablets of Panadol per day or more because of something that I could have avoided. But I didn't know what to do. I thought, you know, for every ailment, you just have to get a formula or get, you know, a, a prescription to, to kill the symptom. I was going the wrong way. So water, uh, the medical people will, will tell you that our body is made up of uh, a lot of water. 
we need a lot of water. The amount of water you should drink in a day is about your weight in kilograms divided by 17. When I was 105 kg, this was more than 6 liters. And I was wondering, how will I cope? How will I drink 6 liters of water a day? And mind you, the type of water we drink also matters. A lot of water we get from either boreholes or things like that are much better than even bottled water. They're much better, especially if they're maybe bold, you know, filtered and things like that. They're much better. The, the, the less the amount of chemicals we're exposed to, the better for us. So I started drinking water. That was the first miracle that, that happened in my life. Ability to drink water. It was God that made it happen because I didn't have the power to do that on my own. I started drinking water, waking up in the morning, taking uh, two, two regular bottles of water, you know, and things started happening. The frequent headaches started disappearing. Things just started happening. I mean, I was seeing changes in my body just by water alone, by, by adopting to drink water alone. And then uh, the next point. So, about reasons. Good reasons not to rest. But rest is very important. Our body detoxifies. Our body pushes out waste in the few early hours of the night. So we cannot afford to be up at that time, especially you know after 10 p.m. and to like 1 a.m. and things like that. You cannot, on a repeated basis, be up at this time. If you are repeatedly up at this time, then a lot of dirt is being clogged up in the, in the passageways in the body. And if you keep these things day, day over day and year over year, then it will lead to some things. Then, then the body will sting somehow inside. The body will be septic. And, and that way, the body can allow diseases to breed. So when the inside is clean, when the inside is clean, diseases cannot, they, they cannot stay there. So that's about rest. And uh, particularly to women... I like to say that women, I think, need a lot of rest, especially, especially a working woman. You need a lot of rest. Don't underestimate. And the moment you are seeing that you are not able to sleep well, if you have insomnia, it's telling me that you need to detox. That's what it tells me. If you are not able to sleep well. Some people say, oh, no matter how long, no matter how much I try, if I go to bed by 10 p.m., I will be up by 2 a.m. or by 3 a.m. or by 4 a.m. That tells me as a consultant, that there are some things I need to check. I need to check how you're eating. I need to check just some little things and then we'll be able to place it and know what has to go out. Once the body is drained of, of, of excessive waste, you will be able to sleep well. So that's about rest. And then food. What is food? It's as if our definition of food has changed over the years. Right now, what we call food is just anything that, you know, gods are changed every three to four weeks. So if you decide today, like I made a decision one day to start drinking water, I was able to continue drinking water after three weeks. You know, just like we say habits are formed. You know, how many days it takes, something like that. You see that this God is a perfect God. Why is it, why is it that the number of days that it takes a habit to form is, is synonymous with the number of days that it takes the cells of your tongue to be replaced? This God is a perfect God. So when I started drinking water, I go used to drinking water. So it's a power of uh, your mind. You decide, I want to drink water. Yes, I want to eat carrot. When you start eating carrot, you'll be used to eating carrot. But without starting to do it, you won't be used to doing it. When you do it for three weeks, then you'll be able to continue doing it. And for those three weeks, it might be fasting and prayer that will make you do it, but just do it. Because those things are really going to help you. So food should not be just anything attractive. It shouldn't be the packaging because at times you have a lot of toxins that are wrapped in attractive packaging. So it shouldn't be packaging. 
Food is things that are naturally grown, you know. Although people ask me, uh, Lydia, you say we should eat this. Don't you think we should eat organic food? I said, even if the food is not organic, even if you are not 100% sure that the food is organic, once the food is natural, it's going to do your body a lot of good. Plants, you know, make majority of your food plants and um, things like that. You get proteins, you get calcium from plants, contrary to what we have been made to believe. We get a lot of calcium and we get a lot of protein from plants. So we need to significantly increase our, our plant intake as food. And we, need, we have less of the things we need to digest animals. We have less of it. So if we don't want those things, we want the food to putrefy and just be there and cause issues, the more plants, food you take, the better for you. Food, a normal plate of food should consist like 75% of, of, of vegetable food. Now when you start, you might not be able to take a lot of raw food. And I don't blame you, you know, we have not, you know, habits are formed. You were used to eating cooked food and, and so be it. But nowadays, because I started some years back, if I have not eaten some raw vegetables, it's like something is missing. If I've not eaten some, maybe some, uh, maybe, maybe some carrots or cucumber and tomatoes are fruits, by the way, technically. Or li- like to add some lettuce to it or garden egg. Oh, we have a lot of things here in Africa, by the way. God has really blessed this land, especially in Nigeria. We have a lot of things. We have fruits in season, and then some other fruits going out of season. And God has so, so calculated everything that you don't have some things in season all the time. So as these things come in and go, make sure you eat it, especially things like walnut that have a lot of uh, essential fatty acids. They have the good fats. Coconuts, they have the good fats that we need because we need fat. We need some good fat. So we should take all these natural things and, and make sure we eat more of these natural things as much as possible and make sure we really limit how much of packaged things that we eat. When my children used to throw up almost every, every two to three weeks, uh, a lot of years ago, I did not know what was happening. They were telling me that infection and things like that, and they were prescribing antibiotics for us almost every month, things like that. We, myself and my husband, had almost become people like nurses. We knew how to mix all those things in that separate augmentin and how to administer it, and then when the child starts throwing up, we'll call the hospital, right into we start coming out and say, wait until it's daylight, it's not safe to start coming at 4 a.m. These things were happening almost every month, and we thought it was infection. But since we made certain decisions, since we made certain changes in our home, we have not seen these things. <laughs> and coincidentally, our family physician attends this church and said, Viola Dokuns, we've not been seeing you. I said, that's the power of God. Because in God's light, do we see light? When, God's, when God brings illumination, we see some things. And then when we act on it, we see result. Once we cut down on the amount of sugary drinks these children were taking, we cut down on the amount of processed food they were taking, we started seeing, it was like miracles, it was like an angel came down and did something, and that was a miracle. My children weren't falling ill like that any longer. They were strong. All those rushing to the hospital, it just went away like that. There was a time I was so sure that it was a particular school that had insects that were biting my boy on the leg. I said, Insects are biting this boy on the leg. Please check. Do you have all these black sunflies and things like that? Alas, 
It was not the school. It was a particular thing that the boy was eating that, were, that was causing all those black spots on his leg. And the moment my son eliminated milk from animals, he was fine. So the only type of milk is that we have to be involved. We cannot just stay and allow people to take decisions for us. Because there is no government anywhere, not even in the United States, that will take a decision concerning your own personal health for you. You have to check these things, try these things out, and say, ah, this is working for me. After food, we have exercise, sunshine, and fresh air. Like uh, Pastor T said, you know, he's trying to exercise, which is very good. But we need to bear in mind that excessive exercise is not, is not, is not very good. I lost all that weight without ever running. I, it's not as if I don't know how to run. When I was in high school, I used to run. And I used to run 1,500, 300 meters marathon. When I was still skinny in high school. When I was like this in high school. But when I was 105 kg, when I was like this, I didn't try to run. In fact, I asked the doctor. He attended. I asked him. I said, am I fit to exercise? Because I was like an elephant. I said, am I fit to exercise? They did some few checks. They said, it's fine. So I started. But I did not run. And the reason why I did not run, I never ran, is because I read a lot about the heart. That if you are big like that, on the big side, your heart might not be in a very good shape. So it was safer for me not to run. But I was walking. I was walking 30 minutes, 45 minutes every day. And I was doing aerobics. I could do aerobics almost every day. I try to do everything. The thing is, when I plan to do exercise every day, you need to plan to exercise every day. And the reason why we need to plan to exercise every day is because we will not... But your mind has to be fixed to exercising every day. And then you'll be able to exercise like four, like uh, five days a week out of seven days. So when we move, why do we need to move our bodies? Our forefathers were able to do these things without using the word exercise. They didn't have to plan to exercise because they would go to the stream, carry the pot of water, and put it, the women would put the pot on their head. This is load-bearing endurance exercise. These are things that we have to read about and learn how to do now. But they were doing it every day, going to the stream like twice or three times a day and lifting a pot of water. This is the type of exercise that is very good. Weight-bearing exercise. It really helps our bones. They were doing it by going to, to pick firewood and putting the wood on their head. But now because we don't go to pick firewood anymore, we don't go to the stream anymore, we have to inculcate it. We now have cars, we now have drivers. We don't walk to the office anymore. We don't walk from one village to the next anymore. So the word exercise has now come to our world. It didn't exist before. They didn't need to plan to exercise. Naturally, they would do it. Because there will be New Yam Festival and this festival, and there will be a lot of, you know, a lot of Atilogu dances and movements like this. I had a very beautiful presentation done by the people of Swaziland. It showed how the young girls would dance and how the married women would dance. And you, you had to see a lot of body movements. These people don't need to know what exercises because they were doing it on a quarterly basis. There was no festival or the other. So the African traditional tradition is actually a very rich one. And it was helping us to live healthy. So once we don't do all those things, you don't walk to the office, you don't, you don't carry water from the stream, we have to deliberately build exercise into, into your life. One thing that has helped me day like I used to do, because I used to exercise at home. God just gave me the wisdom that, well, why don't you inculcate this exercise to the workplace? That place where you can't leave. 
try to put the exercise there. And some of us came together and we, we called a, an aerobics man and he came. And he used to come like 5 to 6 p.m. We'll just do it there. While people are trying to wait for traffic to go, you know, they'll be exercising in the office. I said, well, it's God that gave us that wisdom that you are not able to go home because you, you are in the office, then try to make things happen where you are. And it has really helped us. Detoxification. That word detoxification would not have, it would not have been in existence in the past because people hardly ate processed food. And when I say processed food, processed food includes even the imported rice and um, processed food. Anything that has passed through a process of manufacturing and repackaging and adding this and, you know, removing the back and things like that. People were not eating much of processed food and it was not necessary to detox. But one thing that that I see consistent in the Bible is that fasting has always helped Christians to detox. And that's why God is wiser than men. God, God, made, God just told us, pray, fast. Do we know that when we pray, we meditate? And this has positive effect on our, on our mental faculty when you meditate. So when we pray, we do not only ask God and receive answers. When you pray, you are doing something that is helping your health. When you fast as well, you are doing something that is helping your health. Because you know it's not only Christians that fast. Even Satanists fast. They fast. So different people fast for different reasons, but fasting also affects the health and it improves the health. Because when you, maybe you used to eat a lot of fried food and things like that, and when you're now fasting, the liver and all those places will now be resting and be able to do a, a proper thorough cleanup. So that's about detoxification. So you'll be hearing a lot of words like detox, 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 detox. What does it mean? Why do we need it? We need it because of the way we eat nowadays, once in a while. Drinking a lot of water will help you. Taking uh, vegetable juices in particular, not necessarily fruit juices, because uh, when it comes to fruits, you have to, be, you have to be careful how much you take fruits. And when you take fruits, make sure you take it with the, the fiber. Don't just juice something and remove all the back and all the fiber. Because the fiber helps our body. The fiber helps our body to absorb the sugar slowly. So it's good to eat your fruits or to make a smoothie where you actually take everything in. And then the six points, when it comes about uh, uh, the six points, supplements. I'm not a big believer in supplements. When you say supplements, people have 20 bottles that they're taking or something. I'm not a big believer in supplements. Although I have come to research and to know that the nutritional value of a lot of the food we have has really gone down because depletion of salt and things like that, you know, it's happened. But I was, I, I got to know about some natural things we have around that contain a lot of nutrients as well. And that was, that was, that's why I came about to know about Moringa and things like that. We have to be involved in finding out about things that will help us and not just listen to hear, say, I went to research. When I heard about it, I went to read more about it. I went to read about James A. Duke who did his PhD on Moringa this is not this is papers and what is involved, what what this thing contains, how it helps the body, how it has vitamin A and has C and has a lot of this and that. wow, it has a lot inside it. Wow, this is a, this is a great. This is something I personally use. So when people say green tea, green tea, green tea, well, I wouldn't take something that I don't know what is inside. So I would rather take a type of leaf that I know the con- contents, especially something that can co- that can contain like five to ten. 10 vitamins and minerals and things like that. A lot of beta-carotene, uh, vitamin A, calcium, potassium, and all those things that we need. 
So when it comes to supplements, I wouldn't say go after bottles, no. Because it's difficult to actually know the quality standards, what exactly went into making it and things like that. But I will encourage us all, when we hear the word supplement, think about the things you have not been eating. Maybe you have not been eating yam that is cooked with the back on. You have not been eating it, so you must have been missing some iodine. Or you have not been eating uh, a lot of carrots, you know. You have been missing a lot of vitamin A, things like that. So let's think about how we can bring in we need to read, really. We need to read. And that's the point. The physical and health education we have in schools, actually, was supposed to address these things and empower each and every one of us on, you know, to have good knowledge about the food we eat and how it affects us. But one thing that the physical and health education of school helped me to do was all this breathe in and breathe out that we used to do then. The student teachers used to because I went to a public primary school, they used to say, breathe in in, out. And I thought this thing was very useless. But do you know that thing is very useful? Very useful because it helps you to deep, to, to breathe deeply. Because a lot of time, if you're in an airtight place or if you're, you know, boxed up in AC most of the time, and you, the size helps you to breathe deeply. And the intake of this much oxygen really helps our body. It really does a lot of good for our body. About the anti-stress, Laughter, joy, forgiveness, margin, meditation, deep breathing. I've already talked about meditation. We meditate actually when we pray. So uh, God says we should pray, we should fast and things like that. But these things, like I said, they, they help our health. Laughter, joy, forgiveness, when we forgive people. Of course, as Christians, we know we should forgive. But you know, at times as Christians, we find out that we're not forgiving. But I'm telling you that when you forgive, it helps your health. It helps your, your, your mental faculty. It helps your, your general well-being. Giving yourself margin. You don't put yourself under pressure all the time. Don't say, hey, I've got to be in, in Kedja right now, and then 30 minutes, and I can make it, I can make it. To solo, I will be there. And then you, you, know, you go to another place. We need to give ourselves margin. Give ourselves enough time to get things done. These things resonate with our whole being, and it helps our body to function the way it should. I've talked about uh, deep breathing. So I just have one more point on, um, on man, uh, food about man, and then I'll just touch on sweet drinks and then on sugar. Man is the only member of the animal kingdom who, notwithstanding his supposedly higher intelligence, indulges his appetite at the expense of his body. We can eat many meals a day and still be starved for lack of essential, live, vital elements in our food. Appetite is the craving of the mind. Whereas hunger is the call of the body for nourishment. So when I was 105 kg, I was, the chromium that we can find in a local rice and unpolished rice, all the things we could find in garden egg, all the things we could find in walnuts, my body was craving for them. I was constantly, always hungry. But I would not take those things. I was taking things that were packaged and, you know, sweet things. So I was, I was never satisfied. So there's a difference between appetite, just, just, uh, just wanting to eat and really being hungry. The best fed people can be the most undernourished people. I was really undernourished when I was 105 kg, times three or times four of a size. Then about drinks, we need to be careful how we give drinks to our children. We can't afford to be giving children sweet drinks every day. I had to stop my children because at a point in time, we started seeing sugar ants come around their toilet years ago. 
So we had to make sure that they were taking water to school. And they cooperated because they saw the way they were falling ill and things like that. Now they take more water. When they come back from school, they drink a bottle of water. So I asked them, did you finish your water in school? Yes, mommy. And now it's time to drink another water before you eat your food. And these things help the body to push out waste. A lot of these drinks contain too much sugar. Diet drinks usually contain aspartame. Aspartame is high in phosphates, which are associated with calcium loss. Aspartame chemically breaks down to methanol. Methanol breaks down in the body into formaldehyde. Formaldehyde is a carcinogen. It can damage the neurological and immune systems. It breaks down into formic acid. Formic acid disrupts the production of cellular energy by interfering with the mitochondria that act like tiny generators and cells. You know how it's going to be if a lot of generators powering base stations. Just when I was really big at that time and I was taking all those diet drinks, that was what was happening. The, the, the cells generating energy were shutting down and I was always constantly tired like someone that was flogged with wood every day. I would be so tired. Formic acid concentrates in the brain, kidneys, spinal fluid and other acids. Then sugar. Why should we avoid sugar? Either the, the simple sugar or the complex sugar. Now, simple, simple carbohydrates are those ones that, that are processed. While complex are the ones that are in yam and things like that. Sugar is addictive. The more you eat sugar, the more you want to eat it. And eating lots of it depletes your zinc and it will dull your taste buds. So you will need more sugar. If you were using one cube of sugar today, by, in some, by next year you want two cubes or things like that. It can impair your immune system, you know. If you take a lot of sugar, a few hours after that, your, your white blood cells capability will be reduced by 50%. Sugar is linked to behavioral disorders like attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. It is linked to hypoglycemia. That's uh, your, your blood glucose level going up and down. And one thing I know about the blood sugar rising and, and, and falling is that it's as dangerous as when you have gadgets in your home. You know, when we have gadgets, we protect our gadgets, isn't it? You have expensive big TV set and things like that. They are all on UPS because you value your gadgets. If we value our gadgets, we need to value our organs as well and prevent our organs from uh, what I call sugar surges. When we constantly have sugar surges, high glucose, low, low glucose going up, the pancreas might eventually just break down and you know, people need insulin and things like that. So we should avoid surges. Just the way we don't like electrical spikes, we shouldn't allow sugar spikes. Because sugar spikes damages our organs. Electrical spikes damages the physical gadgets that we can see. Uh, Too much sugar leads to brittle bones. It creates an acidic environment in the body. The body cries out for alkaline foods. If If there is not enough calcium in diet, the body will pull from bones and teeth to rebalance pH because the body doesn't want you to die. It takes care of you. It takes from your bone and from your teeth. And then you say, you have a brittle bone and things like that. And people are falling and having fertile issues. We, we have uh, someone who knows a lot about bones here. Eating a lot of sugar can lead to type 2 diabetes. And it can elevate cholesterol. Elevated insulin levels trigger the liver to produce more cholesterol and triglycerides. Sugar can make you fat. If you overeat sugar, your body goes into fat storage mode. Insulin is a powerful hormone that signals the body to store fat. So these this were the things I discovered. And then when I look back, I said, oh, no wonder when I was living this way, and I was living this way, and I was living this way. No wonder I was feeling this way. 
Because at that time, I couldn't explain what was happening to me. Being always hungry, I was always, and in my office, we always had all these things in the, in the fridge and all things like that. So right now, I can, I, can, I can link back to it and I could see that, oh, this was exactly what was happening. So just one la- last point is that uh, there's what we call the physician's desk reference. Which, if you go to pdr.net, you can read about any synthetic drug at all and its effects on the body responsibly. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, I thought you would do better than that. Can you please put your hands together one more time? Please, wow, so many things. Um, okay, so the first thing I wrote down was a memo to my wife. And it says that we're going to sell our gas cooker. And she will gather firewood. And we will sell our water dispenser. And seal the borehole. And we'll fetch water from the well. That's what you said, right? So, memo to wife. Alright, so we're going to go ahead tonight. Um, um, going to a question and answer session. Um, the ushers have sheets of paper. They're plastering around. Please just write down your questions. And I will take them over the next 25 minutes to half an hour. Um, if it is something that is um, um, diagnostic related, we may not talk about them. Yeah, um, you may need to, to go and see them offline. But um, to go ahead with us tonight, we have a medical, a, a medical consultant yeah, in, the, in the house as well. Um, the interesting thing is that the Elevation Church is a highly resourced and highly resourceful church. Both of them are members of our church. I'm going to invite forward Dr. Olusegwai Odabo. Um, he's a medical doctor. He specializes in trauma, surgery, and orthopedics, and general health. He also has interest in healthy living, fitness for health. He's an associate fellow of the West African College of Surgeons and the Postgraduate Medical College of Nigeria. He's got a very lovely wife and a cute little boy. Can we please put our hands together this evening as we walk? All right, so I'm going to sit in between both of them, and um, we will have our Q&A session. Um, thank you very much to both of you for coming. Um, just so that I mention one more thing. Now, I know that you have talked about um, keeping people healthy, right? And you, um, our medical doctor, you help people to recover their health, okay? So um, both of us are, th- all, both of, all three of us are working together. So we're not in, the, in, a, in an argument frame this evening saying which one is correct, which one is not correct. All right. Um, I have a few questions that I have scribbled down um, that we're going to look at before um, we get questions from the audience. And for me, the first thing I, I, I want to ask is this. Um, there are... Okay. May I have them, please? All right. Um, you see, there's a lot of information out there. Um, sometimes you would read something online. If you go to one website, it says you eat everything. The only thing you should eat is beans. And then you go to the next one, it says that what you should eat is just carbohydrate, no beans. But when you see beans, run away. Yeah? Um, I'm going to ask you, so how, how do we identify what exactly is, is the genuine information? Because there are loads of people who are just doing all sort of things. So they try something today, next month they're on another diet. The month after they're trying something else. How do we identify what is genuine? Like I said, it's as if the life I'm living now might actually be like an extra life because I have a father in the Lord who is 80 years old and he was diagnosed of cancer in 1976. 
So he lived his own, he's still living on his extra life and he's 80. My biological father is 70. The Bible says, search everything, you know, hold on to that which is true. I saw, I saw results in people's life and I went to ask them questions. How did you achieve these things? I went back, there was a time I was in North Carolina for weeks asking questions because I saw things. And then when I practiced these things in my life, I saw results. When I started drinking water, I saw results. So you cannot come and tell me not to drink water because I, I drank water and I saw results. And then when I started eating a lot of vegetables, I saw results. So we, we need to maybe little steps at a time. We can't use ourselves as guinea pig as experiment, but do we see people around us that things are working for? And do we ask questions? If we do, it will really help us. So right. it's not just about taking so much information at a time, but a little at a time. You, try, you did this thing. Is it working for you? Are you, are you seeing results? Thank you very much. Okay, um, Dr. Ayodabo, um, there is, there's, there's a lot of, um, a, few, a number of things that she said and that we heard, you know, about maintaining a healthy lifestyle, right? Um, this thing, uh, I believe, are about habits and the things that we do on a day-to-day basis, okay? Um, so you are a medical doctor, right? Um, this thing must be potentially spoiling business for you. So if all of us were healthy and we don't have to come to us to, how, where does that sit with you? You know, is, would you still go ahead and tell us to exercise, eat the right things and all of that? What's the value of that from a medical point of view? Really, the truth is um, most um, diseases or conditions are actually preventable in true sense of it and doesn't necessarily um, spoil business in court. Like um, Lydia mentioned, I should commend her actually because she actually did a lot of work losing that much weight within a short period. It's not easy to lose weight, but it's quite easy to gain weight. You understand? So I, w- I should commend her for that. Um, for, for healthy living, um, exercise, um, rest, water, uh, like she mentioned, um, like she said um, an average of well, four to six liters, your weight divided by 17. She's actually right. And most people spend time drinking um, soft drinks, uh, which actually dehydrates you more. You need more water. So you actually um, deprive yourself of water um, and taking in more toxins. Um, so um, healthy living, um, in the true sense of it, should follow those um, categories she has mentioned. Um, adequate, a balanced diet, um, adequate water. You should detoxify regularly, exercise, rest, and of course, um, you should take time out to um, do some form of um, relaxation activities, yoga, meditation. Um, I don't know, reading a book is a form of relaxation. So whatever works for you, whatever keeps you calm and relaxes you um, is good for health. All right, thank you. Um, I'm, I'm happy to hear that there isn't, for a lot of these things, there isn't just one way to do it, you know. Um, some, some things work, some things don't. Um, someone says many of the good food are not readily available, yeah? Um, plant-based milk, for example, is not readily available. Um, walnuts are very expensive in the supermarket, okay? So, trying to potentially eat healthy and stay healthy, you know, probably um, maintain that balance. How do you make, make sure that this is not something just for people who have a lot of money in their pockets? How, how do you do that? I've heard this question a number of times, and that's why I tell people that Africa is blessed, Nigeria is blessed. All our local vegetables are loaded. 
They are very good, especially for, you know, when you say pregnant women need folic acid and things like that. They should take a wedu. Just take it. It has a lot of it. So Nigeria is so blessed. We have ugu, we have this, we have that. That's why I wouldn't say that it's until you eat broccoli or lettuce and stuff. I eat a lot of lettuce because now I can afford it. But even if you can't afford it, it's all the local vegetables. Our mothers in the village, they were cooking every day. And they were not overcooking because they couldn't. If you overcook, because if you overcook, you will finish all the wood that you went to the, to the forest to pick. So they will cook on low heat. And then they will cook every day. When we do that, we're fine. We, like I tell people, we were fine in Africa before a lot of things came. The only thing is that I think we were dirty. Hygiene was the issue. But we, we, we were right on a lot of things. So if you cannot afford the esoteric things, expensive things, there is a way you can, you can do things the African way. I'm very Afrocentric, by the way. We can talk. There are ways you can do it the Nigerian way, and you will be fine. You don't have, but about the, the milk from plants, if you're not able to, I, because we take only milk from plants in our home, because we had to check what was good for us or not. There are places where you can get milk from plants. Um, there are outfits, and we have a stand out there where you can get milk from plants and things like that. But apart from that, do you know that God has really blessed Nigeria that we have coconuts? that is imported and things like that. It's only if you don't have the time to juice coconut that you have to buy the ones that somebody else has done, either as juice or into powder and things like that. But if you look around us, there are a lot of ways of of living healthy. It's not something we can cover in this class because I do cook shows, I do things like that, I show people how to do things. We can do it here, but there is a way. If I could do it, as busy as I am, you need to know the type of job I do and how I jump around the place. If I could do it, you can do it. All right, thank you very much. Okay, um, I, have, I have a question here about um, exercises. and I'm going to ask um, Dr. Ayodabo. All right, so someone is asking, is there a time of the day that is best for exercises? Is it detrimental to the health to exercise around 11 p.m. to 1 a.m.? You know, is, is, there, is, there a magic, is there a magic time of the day, a combination of the angle of the sun and the moon and the stars? Okay, really, about exercise, um, it's important to pick um, a time that is convenient and comfortable for you. It might not be um, feasible to exercise during the day, during working hours, because most likely you'll be at work, you'll be busy. So generally, most people recommend early in the morning, or preferably in the evening, when the sun is down. Then um, you don't have to walk or run a long distance or for hours. Um, brisk walking regularly, 30 minutes a day, it's Okay. For an average adult, either you want to walk or you want to do it, um, you want to jog, um, preferably in the evenings or early in the morning. And um, well, charting the direction of the sun and the moon and the stars really will not add much to what you're comfortable with. It can be um, within your home, you can get a treadmill, um, you can be in your estates, brisk walking. If you have a dog, you can run with your dog or walk with your dog or stroll with a friend and chat in the evenings. All those are. Um, healthy forms of exercise. Okay, thank you. Uh, before we go to, to um, Sister Lydia, I'm going to ask you one more time-related question. Um, so someone is asking about time for eating. Hell in the morning, is it, is it good or bad to eat late at night? You know, person says, most time I eat late. Is that the reason for my pot belly? Yeah, um, 
um, generally, it's documented that um, the most important meal of the day is breakfast. And it should be a light breakfast, not um, a heavy breakfast, not pounded yam and apple and all that. Something light, preferably a fiber diet. And um, um, eating late, what it does is that if you eat late, because um, food contains calories. So if you eat late, um, the calories get stored in your body and then you do have, you're not taking part in the activities to burn those calories. So it gets stored and then when you wake up, they are still there. And then you go back to work, the following day you eat late, they are still there. And then what it does is that most of it gets stored in your waistline. And for an average um, adult male, once your waistline starts eating 100 centimeters, you should be worried. And for a lady, once above 80, you should be worried. So what it does, if you have a pot belly, then you should stop eating late. Um, I would recommend eating, not eating, um, eating later than 7, 7 p.m. If, I could eat at, if you're going to eat at all, if you should eat at all, fruits. You understand? Not um, a regular diet. A regular meal at 8 o'clock, it's, it's just trouble. You're looking for trouble for your waistline, really. So take um, a fruit, a vegetable, you know, carrots, walnuts, um, oranges, bananas, and all that. that, that that's healthy living, really. And it, Don't worry, I have, it, secrets, it I have secrets for you. You know I eat a lot and I still do. For people who want to eat after seven, there's a way we can do it healthy, offline. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, now, um, I have another question around food and um, what's, what's useful to eat, right? Um, so someone is asking, what are the foods that must be avoided in a typical Nigerian diet? Um, can you give an example of a typical breakfast, lunch, or dinner? What it should look like? One of the changes we made in our home was we stopped frying. So we had to devise a way of making our dodo in the oven. And then we also had to change the way we make our stew. So when we changed the way we make our stew, my mom got to know and she also changed the way she makes our stew. Because my mom had fibro twice. And if you don't want it to come back, you have to change your habits. So she changed her habits, and she's, she's living healthy now. The type of things you should eat, like breakfast is very important. You can eat things like, we have to learn to love things like cucumbers and carrots. And If you see me, sorry, if, if you see me eating veggies now, you would think I was born that way. But if you had tried giving me veggies in 2010, everything will go into the dustbin. I would not even taste it. But now in the morning, I wake up, I take my water because I have a win. By the end of the day, I would not have met my, met my target. So I wake up taking water and after some water, then I take some things that have highly dense nutrient leaves like moringa leaf powder. I just, that's personal. I take that and then after a while, I might have some sliced cucumber and carrots or most of the time, my best, what replaces my jollof rice is actually lettuce and tomatoes. I so much love it. When you have lettuce and tomatoes and you put some olive oil or olive oil, it wasn't like that. I wasn't born like that. If you had tried this thing with me in 2010, we would have fought. I would have been like, are you trying to kill me or something? I wasn't like that. But you know, my taste buds started changing and changing and changing. And now, my best food is a mixture of lettuce and tomatoes. Now, I wasn't like that. So, and then... And then later, you've taken that like breakfast, and then later in the day, I still eat Nigerian food. You know, I'm Afro, I love Africa a lot, I love. So, when I eat my swallow, it must not, there's a reason why God gave us this. It's not just for fighting. 
It helps you to measure a lot of things. It tells you the size of your heart, things like that. So you shouldn't be so big compared to the size of your heart. This tells you a lot of measures. Eh? So your swallow shouldn't be more than this. But your soup, there is no limit to the amount of green soup you, you can take. There is no limit. You can take two bowls of soup. Take a lot of soup and make sure that they don't put too, too much of chemical synthetic seasoning in it. I love iru a lot. I love Africa. So I, I love iru. I use iru to cook my soup and things like that. And some blended vegetables for my stews. That's what I use. But your soup, there's no limit to how much soup. There's no limit to how much vegetable. So that's a, that's a heavy lunch, right? It's because I was pre-diabetic. If, if you were ever pre-diabetic, you have to watch. Even the way you eat yam, you have to watch it. But not everybody has to do that. It's some of us that have to be careful because we were very near that place before. All oh, right, oh, thank okay. You. And, and then for dinner at night, something very light. Let me, let me tell you, my fridge is always filled with these things. You will always find like walnuts or carrots or cucumber or something. A lot of African garden egg. I like snacking a lot. You must always have a lot of these things around you. And it will help you. That's, that's a typical day. All right. Thank you very much. Beans is good. Beans is good. We have a lot of good African food. But we can, we can address that. Maybe in another meeting we, we try and look at food and how to combine it and things like that. But beans, we have a lot of good African food, please. As long as you, do, you, don't, you don't fry it or you don't do it the wrong way. You don't put too much oil on it. All right. Thank you. Um, I, I almost... I almost get a sense that if you were to invite us to your birthday party, not a lot of people are likely to come here too. Just so that you know, huh? <laughs> okay, um, I'm going to ask you another question. I seem to have a number of questions around weight loss, okay, and the things to do. So I'm going to allow both of you to talk about that. Um, so there are questions around um, our liquid... now. We're not trying to get the Elevation Church sued. So I'm not going to be mentioning the name of products that you're writing here and they're manufacturers. Um, so fads like liquid diet, you know what they are called and where they come from. Are they good or bad? Um, what do you advise on weight loss, weight loss programs that are advertised all over the place? What's the most effective way to reduce fat in the tummy area? So we'll start with you, Dr. Ayodaba, and then we'll come back to, to Sister Lydia. First thing is you learn to do it yourself. Because um, you should be convinced that you need to lose weight, not someone telling you that you should lose weight. So you can start with a homemade program. Um, first is um, discipline, um, dedication, and then you should be committed to the program. Um, a, and, okay, first, first step is watch what you eat, the diet. Um, we mentioned breakfast, typical breakfast, typical lunch, typical dinner. Don't eat late. Um, you should design a, an exercise program for yourself. And typically, you, you, there's also an element of patience in it. Like I mentioned, it's not easy to lose weight. So you need to be patient. It might take a while, but if you are consistent, you're dedicated, you see the, the, the results um, as you go on. Now, um, some um, might have also um, noticed that there are some drugs um, you might need to take to lose weight. Those are reserved for um, late cases or cases that are resistant um, to the usual program of um, diet, exercise, um, um, weight reduction programs, and discipline. So that is an extreme on its own. There are also surgical procedures, that's another extreme. But generally, you should design a program for yourself. But if you need some form of encouragement, um, there's usually a group therapy program for weight reduction um, um, strategies, which you can um, participate in. Um, you can get a couple of friends, you get some, so a specialist design a program for you, and then 
you can work with that program. And I'm sure you see results as, as you go on with it. Thank you. All right, thank you very much. Um, what's your take on that? Yeah, I should let you know that the first three months that I try to lose weight, anybody. <laughs> so don't, don't give up when you start if you're trying to lose weight. But I don't like to use this term, lose weight. I would say normalized weight. You have your weight normalized. Because my uh, husband, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't gain one kg. He didn't lose one kg. We were all unhealthy. I was obese. He, I was extremely obese. He was not. But we were all unhealthy. So the fact that you're obese or the fact that you're slim does not mean you're healthy or you're not healthy. But when you start eating healthy, you don't have to focus on weight loss at all. I didn't focus on losing weight. Once you focus on living healthy, all other things will be added to you. It's jara. Things like that. It will just come. You don't have to focus on uh, checking your scale and things like that. Just keep eating the way. Let's try and eat the same way. Let's try, let's try and do those things. And, and I'm telling you, don't focus on weight loss because the thing is, you never really know whether you need to lose weight or not. Don't, don't take laws into your hands. Just eat uh, the, the, the good way. Healthy and you'll be fine. Uh, there's another thing. Be very careful of any drug or anything synthetic or any formula or any shake or anything made in a factory that is given to you to lose weight. Please don't use it. Don't use it. I didn't use anything made in any factory anywhere to lose weight. Just drink a lot of water. Start taking all those things we've been talking about and you'll be seeing changes. Because anything synthetic, any drug, has its, uh, its uh, side effects. They have their adverse effects. So please don't toy with them. Don't complicate matters. If you were obese, you have enough issues to deal with. Why do you now want to start using um, some products that will now cause a lot of other problems, maybe for your liver or for things like that? Please don't use anything to lose weight. Just, just eat healthy, eat naturally, and everything will go. Your weight will be normalized. If you have to... Okay, thank you very much. Um, I have a couple of questions there about sleep as well. Um, people want to know how long they need to sleep for. How many hours, how many days do you go into hibernation mode? Yeah. Um, okay, um, the first thing is that too much sleep is not good. If you sleep too much, you burn less calories, you add more weight. So that's standard. Now, um, I'll speak generally now. The um, number of hours you, you require for good sleep and rest depends on your age. So for a child, children generally require an average of 12 to 16 hours of sleep. For a newborn, 24 hours of sleep. They sleep nonstop. Yes, but for, for a child, 12 to 16 hours. For a school child, about 10 to 12 hours. Now for, for, for a working adult, 6 hours of sleep. If you are sleeping 10 hours, then that's too much sleep. You understand? So, but like I said, it's generally speaking. Now, depending on your stress levels, your um, working habits, and then um, on how frequently you travel, jet lag and all that, you might need to adjust your sleep patterns um, a bit. All right, thank you. Um, I have a few questions here around detoxification and fasting and things like that, you know. Okay, so just memo to church. Wednesday is the day that we have set apart in the Elevation Church for people to fast and to pray. Okay, so that counts towards detoxification, right? Of programs of detoxification 
I am seeing something shake and all of that. You know, so is, are they really, all of this, without sounding so very esoteric and all of that, what exactly is the intoxication trying to achieve? You know, um, what's the way that every regular human being can do it if it needs to be done um, without going into very complex and technical things? So about detoxification, usually the word. Before, when I used to hear that word, I never used to like it because I'm like, what's that? What's all the bother? You know, I was just fat and fine, very plump and beautiful. <laughs> and I loved it because I was looking good. So detoxification, when do you even know that? How do you know you should detox? Things like that. The way I know if I should detox is if I'm not able to sleep uh, seven hours at a stretch anymore, then I know there are issues. If I'm not sleeping well, if I'm waking up 3 a.m. and I'm not able to quickly get back to sleep, some things are happening, things like that. So that is when I know. How do you know you should detox? And, or if I start sneezing, sneezing because, you know, I used to be asthmatic several years ago. So if I start seeing things close to that, I say, oh, there are issues. So how do you detox? You can do it in a natural way. If you do, t- do carrot juice every morning, a glass of carrot juice for like 30 days, and then you make sure that during those 30 days, you take majorly a lot of vegetables, you will be fine. You don't, I, don't, I don't think you need to use a product to detox because God has made everything well. We have all these things around us. So the, how do you know you should detox? Is when you're feeling, you know, when you're not, when you're not feeling balanced. You're not sleeping well. You, maybe headaches are coming. You're feeling tired and things like that. Quarterly basis. You just, just like... The Bible says that, you know, you should pray and fast regularly and things like that because it helps our health. So maybe on a quarterly basis, just like maybe the church fasts on a quarterly basis, you should try to detox on a quarterly basis. And you can use natural things, natural juices, beetroot juices, you know, carrot juice and things like that. And they will help us. The body system, the body, God has made made our body complete. It's a miraculous self-healing body. So whenever the organs are at rest... They are resting. They are not processed. They are not uh, digesting fried food or things like that or animal food. We're not stressing. The, they are actually being able to cleanse themselves as long as we are taking a lot of water. So at times you hear people they say I'm on a water fast. I'm, wa- I'm on water therapy and things like that. So natural things like water, like carrot juice, like beetroot juice and things like that can help us to detox. You can read yourself up. You can also read up on how to naturally detox without particularly attaching yourself to specific products. Okay, thank you very much. Um, time is gone, so I'm going to ask just one or two more questions and then we'll call it up. The loads of questions here, um, it suggests to me that we need to take responsibility for getting knowledge and information, okay? Um, now, last question to you, Dr. Ayodabo. Um, the people, I've seen questions here about extreme fatigue. I sleep and wake up and I'm still tired, right? Um, it feels like I'm going to faint when I'm walking all the time. How do you manage that? What do people need to do about that? You, you need to detoxify yourself, really. Aha. Uh-huh. No, really. It means you're not taking enough water. And then your stress levels are quite high. Because naturally, if you go to, to sleep, you go to rest, you should wake up cut cortisol. It gets imbalanced. And once that happens, you have a lot of toxins that should be out of your body. They're just accumulating. And what, what that does is that you go to sleep, and then you wake up feeling tired. You might sleep 10, 15 hours, but you wake up feeling tired. And then you need water, a lot of water. And like she said, um, you don't need any pill, you don't need any um, um, chemical or any product. You need 
to detoxify yourself using water. Take water, um, try and reduce your stress levels. If you work um, too hard, take, a, take some time off work, take a holiday, um, lie on a beach, and go jogging. Do something different from um, the usual. And I'm sure you, there will be some improvement. Just one point on that too. It means you need to stop some things you're taking. Some type of food you're taking are doing that to you. Because I used to be like that. I used to wake up tired and yawning. I used to yawn a lot during executive meetings. All over the world, I was like that. So it means there are some things you are eating that are, that are robbing you of your energy, that are not allowing the generator cells, the mitochondria, to give you energy. It is some things you are eating which you need to stop doing. So it says you have to do some things. You also need to stop doing some things, eating some things especially. All right, thank you. Um, last question to you, Ma. Now, I have a number of questions around um, dietary choices to manage specific kinds of ailments, all right? Um, so people are asking about cancer, nerve collapse, and all of that, you know. Um, so if, you are, if someone were in a situation of illness, right, and um, like you've said, there's some dietary choices that you make that help you to manage it, how do you even know where to start from? So how do you know, like you said now, somebody is get that information, are there specialists they need to talk to? Are there, where, where, where is that information available? How do they know? Okay, maybe we can form a club. Me and you club, brothers and sisters, we keep talking to each other because really we need the education. But the thing is, the time when you're ill is not the time to really start making these choices. It might be too late. I'm very particular about what my children eat and somebody, we're trying to give them food from home and one left his food till late, in the night, late after school, ate it and it poisoned his stomach. At that point, it was already too late to do the natural things I, I, I usually do. And in five years, my boy had to use medication, something like Avomine for the first time in five years to stop vomiting. What I'm trying to say is that the time when you are ill is not really the time to start doing these things. At that time, it might be too late, something like that. And that's why we have the medical people there. They help in terms of emergency. But if you want to live to avoid these things, there are things you eat to avoid them. But if, you, if in any case, you find yourself already in that because... I have a lot of testimonies from people who have been able to survive some things like cancer and things like that by changing the things they eat. They are particular, but there are no things I can share here because it's a lot of information. If, if for example, some, someone is diabetic, what do you cut down on eating? What do you stop eating? Because there are people who have changed their ways of eating and they've been off insulin. There are people who have changed their ways of living life generally and eating, and, and the cancer is gone. My father is an example. I've lost a lot of people around me. I lost a brother-in-law to colon cancer, but my father recovered from prostate cancer, and he's still alive, and he's still strong and agile. So I know the, how to treat it, the medical way, how to do this and all that. And form a club, talk. Find out from people who have, who have testimonies on how, to, how, how, how they survived it. Maybe a survivor's club or something. Because it's not easy to read it on your own. So let's, let's learn from real life experiences. Let's talk to people who have been able to survive it and will gain more and more knowledge. Because if you just want to go on the internet, it's a whole lot of, there's a lot of confusion out there. All right, thank you very much. Can you please put your hands together? Um, for our panelists tonight, please, if you just go back to your seat. Thank you so much for coming. How many people have been blessed tonight? Can you put your hands together one more time? Keep clapping until they get back to their seat. Keep clapping, keep clapping, keep clapping. I don't know if you've learned to 